I'm glad you're here today. It's a blessing, man. It's a nice, sunshiny day. The weather's nice. Almost go to the beach if we had one. Be a little cold, probably, but it'd still be good. Take your Bibles. Go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. I was reading it across my Bible the other day, and I come across a verse and started looking at it, and uh, just kept looking at it. <laughs> you ever come across something you look at it and say, "What is that?" And then after you read it, uh, you just start looking at it, and you're like, "How in the world are you ever going to build a message around that?" Uh, but in time, everything works out. Hebrews chapter 12. Very familiar passage. Everybody's heard it before. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and sin that which, uh, which does so easily beset us, and let us run the race with patience, uh, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him uh, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the uh, throne of God. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for everybody that came out. Thank you for the singing specials, Lord. What a blessing they are. Uh, Lord, I just uh, thank you for our little church. Lord, that's just a blessing, Lord, to be able to come to church on a Sunday morning. Uh, Lord, and uh, Lord, that you gave us a place, Lord, that we come in. The heat's here. It's warm. Lord, thank you for all the young people or the, the young ladies uh, here recently, Lord, that uh, decided to get baptized. Lord, they've they seen something. They chose to do something, Lord. And I just pray that you put your hand upon them. Bless them uh, for their, their efforts and their desires, Lord, and just like you would all through this Bible. Again, Lord, thank you for letting us come this morning. Uh, bless now, and we'll praise you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. I was reading that passage, and I always like that passage because I like that. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy. So it was a, it was a joy to him to go to the cross and, and die for me so that I could get to heaven. It was a joy. Now, I don't understand that sometimes, uh, but he's been off that cross for over 2,000 years, so it is a joy to him. It says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. So he's happy about that. As a matter of fact, this isn't the message. I just like that verse, man. I think that's a great verse. Looking unto Jesus. You should always be looking unto Jesus. They sang him two songs about faith, faith. Uh, you should always be looking unto Jesus. Your faith uh, should be built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I mean, you should build your faith on a foundation that is as firm as anything. I'm going I'm to preface this whole thing. I'll say this. If, if you're going to sit there and say, I believe this, and you can't throw a verse out at me, then you better watch what you believe. If you don't have a Bible verse to stand by what you believe, you have nothing. I'm going to tell you that right now. You say, oh, what? Well, no, no. This book is all you have. And if you say, I am this, then you better be able to pop a verse out to say why you're what you are. Because I got this strange feeling one of these days you're going to be standing before Jesus Christ and a copy of the King James Bible is going to be sitting right there in front of the throne. And you're going to say something, he's going to, could you show me chapter and verse on that? I mean, if you're so stead sure that that's what that is, can you show me where, I can show you where it's not. I'm so tired of people talking to him. Well, I believe, well, show me a verse. Well, you know, it's in there somewhere. Well, that shows a bunch of idiots, man. I mean, I, I would never, I'd shut my mouth right there. I'm like, mm, 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 mm. really what I'm saying is I'll get back with you on that. Uh, but the, the, the message, title of my message I didn't really come up with a title. I didn't know what to call this thing. Running in the clouds. I come across that passage of it says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. I said, well, Lord, I said, a cloud of witness. A cloud of witness. A cloud of witness. Wherefore? Well, wherefore means behind you. What, what you just read in chapter 11. Uh, you know what the God gives you? He gives you a start. It's like them cookies y'all got, man. Can we get some cookies? Okay, cool. Uh, the only problem is they didn't, they didn't make any noise. Oh man, somebody's deceptive in here. He's Robin, Robin, you're deceptive, man. You're deceptive. And I mean, I almost died Thursday night. Did I tell you about that yet? So I come in, I like, I like them little snowballs, looking things, man. I mean, I don't make them a, a million of them because I'm trying to lose weight too, but, but, uh, oh, you're like, oh, but them little Russian tea cakes. I said, the only thing wrong with a Russian tea cake is maybe they should call them like an American tea cake because Russians are communists. We need to get their name out of there completely. But other than that, Russian tea cakes are the greatest. They call them wedding cakes. Ah, forget the wedding cakes. Russian tea cakes is good, man. Them little things. So I'm, I'm sitting there teaching class Thursday night. I'm looking back there, and here's this little uh, pen, uh, bowl of Russian tea cakes. I don't know what they are. They are deceptive. They look like a Russian tea cake. They open them up. They kind of smell like a Russian tea cake. I stuck one in my mouth, and it was lemon. I'm like, ah! <laughs> I thought I was going to die. And you know what was worse is my wife knew that was going to happen. 
And she knew I liked those things. And she sit there like a mouse in a mouse trap. She just sit there and watched the mouse. Kept looking at it. Kept looking at it. Finally, go over there and took a bite of the cheese. And she never said one thing to me. She knew exactly how I was going to react. Now you may like lemon. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with lemon. Uh, there's something wrong with lemon in a Russian tea cake. Uh, <laughs> Especially when that's what you're thinking about for two hours and you go to get one. Uh, but we are, we are compassed about with a cloud of witness that really goes, it's unbelievable about that cloud. Uh, he gives you all of Romans or uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm going to go through a couple of verses, just a couple. But he gives you a, a chapter there. But when you start and think about your faith, your faith is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I mentioned that. I'm telling you, if your faith is built on anything else, you are, you are in one sad condition today because your faith is not where it needs to be. It needs to be grounded and rooted on him. Uh, it needs to be set there and, and fastened in with, I mean, pegs all the way down uh, 400 feet in the ground. So if a storm comes like a tornado the other day, it would never move you at all. Uh, so many people can be moved from what they believe, if somebody comes up, you know what Jehovah's Witness does? Jehovah's Witness comes up, and they know about eight or ten verses, and they'll take most Baptists and they'll run them in circles with those eight or ten verses. And you say, how can they do that? Because they got eight or ten and they just run them in a circle. And, and if you don't have an answer to break that loop, you'll, they'll mess you up every time. I've watched little old ladies, man, little old lady Jehovah's Witnesses, and they'll come in with a bag of Bibles. And you'll say, they'll say, well, what kind of Bible do you use? Well, I use a King James. And they'll go in that bag and pull out a King James or an NIV or SV, whatever you want to use. And they'll pull it out, and they'll run you in a circle with, the, with that Bible. And I'm thinking, how many Baptists could do that same thing? And, and then we sit there, and, and we say, oh, we're, we're fundamentalists. Are we really? Do you know what the fundamentals are? I mean, do you stay in this book of study to show thyself approved unto God? How many times does that verse have to be quoted? God is looking for us to know some things about him. Seeing, wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. Man, I tell you what, I started thinking that thing. I went down through this passage, and I started going through Hebrews and all that other stuff. Then I started thinking about my life. You got witnesses in your life since the time you got saved to right now. Uh, Sister Michaela's going to get baptized today, and I got her back in the room her second ago with her husband, and I said, hey, are you saved? So, woman, are you saved? You know for sure if you died tonight, you'd go to heaven. Are you positive? Yes, I am. <laughs> but then I want to know for a fact. Show me. Show me your green card. I said, I want to see it. And uh, no, we sit here and talked, and, and uh, she said, yeah. I said, well, I just, I don't want you to ever, your foundation is your foundation. It's not mine. It's yours. And I said, and I don't mind filling the water up with, with, with water there, but the foundational thing is there. And, and when I got saved, man, I knew exactly what I was doing. I knew I trusted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Not a doubt in my mind. I knew I was a sinner. I knew he said, hey, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock. Yeah, he said, everybody says, that ain't Romans Road. I didn't need Romans Road. You know, Romans wrote, oh, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I did not need that. I already knew I was a sinner. You didn't have to convince me of that. I already knew that thing. The wages of sin is death. I already knew that. I was born and raised Roman Catholic. I already knew I was on my way to hell. I was just trying to figure a way out of the thing, man. I said, there's got to be a loophole here somewhere. And he said, sure, it's simple. You ask. I said, that's it? He goes, yep, that's it. And then I asked what? You know, there's something that you should ask. It's so simple. And then he saved me. He goes, Mike, did you get saved on that back porch? I'm like, yeah. I said, do you know you got saved? This is the Lord talking to me. I said, yeah. He goes, that's a cloud of witness. That's part of your cloud. Do you run in the clouds or are you out in the sunshine? I'd rather be in the cloud. Just leave me alone, man, all by myself in my cloud. I got my own little cloud. I want my own little cloud. I just want to be in my little cloud. You know, your little cloud will get you through a lot of things. I like my cloud, man. My little cloud of witness. I said, somebody will sing a song or somebody will say something, and my mind races back to the time I got saved, and I'll start coming forward. And every now and then, I'll go even back before that. And when I'm lost and something happened, and I knew God's hand was in that, I can look back at that thing now, and I say, Lord, I see your hand in that thing. Where I didn't see it before. He goes, Mike, it's part of your cloud of witness. One of these days, you're going to fall down, and you're going to have to sit there and say, oh, God, I'm useless. He's going to say, yeah, you are. And going, I'm no good for nothing. He's going to go, yeah, you are. And you'll never be good. I said, I'll never be good for nothing. He goes, no, you won't. He goes, but get back up and let's go anyways. And you're just going to have to get up. And you're going to have to say, Lord, he goes, I know. He goes, before the foundations of the world, I knew who you were. I knew what you were going to do. And right now, I knew you was going to do this too. He goes, I don't care. Get up. I was going through Sunday school class today and talked about Abraham. 
Abraham lied, man. He lied. He got his wife to lie. And then his wife, both of them lied, almost got another guy killed. You say, well, that's Abraham, a friend of God. I mean, yeah, man, that's me. I'm a friend of God. I like the Lord. I think he's a great thing. Hebrews chapter 1. Go to Hebrews chapter 1 real quick. We're going to buzz through a couple of verses. I'm going to be done early because we got a baptism. I should be done by two. Easy, easy. I only got seven pages. And they're, they got large spaces. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know, faith has a substance. There's, there is a, you can't, you can't, oh, I like it. Go to Matthew 7, Matthew 7, 26 real quick. Faith has a substance. Faith isn't something, I've heard, I, heard, I was talking to a Catholic guy the other day, and he goes, I was talking about the, the uh, transubstantiation, that's where they hold the wafer up and turn it into the, the body of Jesus Christ. I'm like, I, I said, that's a piece of bread, man. He goes, well, you believe Jesus Christ came up out of the tomb and that he rose from the dead. That's faith. I said, yeah. He goes, well, I can believe that that's faith. I said, that's stupid. I said, he's God. That's not. I said, he can do whatever he wants. I said, he's just in a body. He made a body. He walked in the body. He walked out of the body. As a baby, he could have done what he was doing because he's God. I said, you're trying to tell me you're making a piece of way for God. You can't make God. The guy looked at me like, oh, oh. Uh, no, man, I said, that, that is not faith. But you know what? When you start talking about Jesus Christ, you got to look back and say, is there a God? Yeah, there's a God. There's a God. I know there's a God. I got, I'm, I'm sure there's a God. There has to be a God. My fingers all work, and, and there's no way that can happen in nature. And you look at all this stuff pretty soon. You say, God, 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 God. And he goes, yes. Are you asking something? And then you start talking. He starts talking about it. You say, what is it? That's faith. You start building on a foundation. God starts getting you on that foundation. Matthew, let me get there myself. Matthew 7. I like my Bible, man. I think the thing is that this thing will change your life. If you think I always like reading my Bible, I don't. And if you're telling the truth, you don't either. Every now and then, I'm telling you, every now and then, man, I'll get in there and this thing is really good. Like, I'll come across a verse like this and I'm like, what is a great cloud of witness? I know what the great cloud of witness is. But what in, and that, that little section will pop out of there and the Lord says, have you really thought about that lately? I said, yeah, I think about that all the time. Matthew 7. Matthew 7, 26, 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God, by the way, uh, doeth and doeth them. Not just heareth, but doeth. And I know it's, I know it's Matthew. I know there's this, it's, you got to watch the passages you're reading. But he says, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And then it goes on and talks about somebody building on sand, and it all falls down. I never want mine on sand. I want mine on, a, you know, if I have to tear it all the way back down and make sure the foundation is right, that's exactly what you do. There's nothing wrong with tearing your house down. I, when we built our house over there on Grange Hall, we had a house sitting there. And, and uh, go, back, go back over to Hebrews. We had a house sitting there. And I tried everything in the world to build this, fix this house, and this thing was a piece of junk. I mean, it was junk. It needed to be tore down, and it finally did get tore down. But I tried everything in my mind to make that thing work. And uh, I'd drive to work and go out to LexisNexis and drive down the expressway and get off, and I'd watch them tear buildings down and put buildings up and tear this down and put it back up and tear houses down and rebuild. And I'm thinking, no, you can't tear a house down. A house has to be there for a house. I said, but it's messed up. But yeah, I said, wait a second. Why would they tear houses down and put them back up? Because it's cheaper. You can tear a piece of property down, clean it all up, and rebuild on it cheaper than you can fix what's there and have a better house when you're done. That's exactly what we did. Two years later, I moved into my house. I've been there for 20 years. You say, what was it? I did exactly what everybody else did. I built it on the, I got the foundation right. The foundation was wrong. I moved it. I moved the whole house 140 feet from where it was. I watched them tear it down, tear that thing down. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, my house right now is worth about four times what it was worth when I bought it. You say, why? Because I rebuilt it <laughs> complete in a different spot. It looks better. I'm happy with it. My wife's happy with it. You say, what? well, everybody said, well, you're stupid. I had people call me stupid. They don't call me stupid no more. Well, they do on other things, but not on that. <laughs> and they might be right. I have no idea. I don't, I'm just, I'm in my cloud, man. Just don't bother me. Leave me alone. I'm in my cloud. I like my cloud. A cloud has substance. Webster's 1828 says something real, not imaginary, something solid, not empty. My faith is not empty. It never was. But I had to get it, little by little. 
That night I got saved on that back porch. I had no idea what I did. Three weeks later, when everything started changing in my life, I went and seen my uncle and I said, what happened? He goes, Romans Road. And he tries to get me saved. And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. He goes, Mike, you're saved. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> and he told me, you know what I did? I started right there. Four years later, I knew the King James Bible's Word of God. You said, why did it take four years? Because I'm from Kentucky, man. I got issues. I'll tell you what, 42 years later, I don't have a problem. I know what the Bible is. He said, you got to get your foundation right. Faith. Faith is one of those things where you build on that thing and you build on that thing and you build on that thing. I, I got a little note right here. I, I put down here. I, I do have a note here somewhere. I got a couple, man. I actually got one page. Is that right on here? I didn't even write it on here, man. I can't even believe I didn't do that. It was on something else. Probably on the paper I got the house. So I'll just keep going right here. It'll be quicker this way. Faith has substance. It says, now faith. Now faith is the substance. Faith is a, is a, is a, solid, is a solid thing. It has substance. It has matter to it. Uh, after a period of time, your, your faith gets to the place where somebody couldn't even wash it away if they wanted to. Uh, you talk to, man, I talked to uh, uh, a lost person. Well, I'll get in that just saying, let me. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Faith produces hope. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is that substance, man, that pretty soon you're, you're sitting out there saying, there has to be a better place. There has to be a better place. There has to be something better than what I've got. This, this world is just insane. It's crazy. It's in, I heard somebody say, well, well, they're getting ready to overturn Roe versus Wade. Yeah, but for 50 years, they've been killing babies. Somebody's got to pay for that blood. Somebody's going to pay for that. And even if they overturn it, I don't trust them anyways. There's a reason why they're overturning it. There's money in it. It isn't because they're doing it out of the goodness of their heart. There's something, there's, there's something fishy in Denmark. We'll say there's something fishy in Washington. There's something not right. They wouldn't just turn something over like that. First of all, they wouldn't start it without a reason. It had nothing to do with women's rights. There's so much other stuff in the background of that stuff. It's amazing how it is. But faith has a, my faith was built on Jesus Christ. It started there. Then once I got into that, I said, man, he promised me a place. And I started getting hope. I don't, hope that is not seen. You can't see hope. Hope is something that you haven't seen yet. I know I got a, it says over in John chapter 14, 1, uh, let not your hearts be troubled. That means you ought to be at peace. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. Not a little house, a mansion. I got a mansion up there. I've got a mansion. Just over the hilltop. I got one sitting there. It's ready for me. Uh, my wife's got one. If we move together, maybe we can put them together, have a big old mansion, have a double mansion. Uh, I don't care what. You sit there and look at all this stuff. He says, you got all this, Mike. He says, you got me. You got salvation. You got eternal life. You got here forever and ever and ever. Everybody you ever, brother, you got, where's he at? Oh, there you are. You got saved the other day? You got into heaven for eternity, man. I mean, forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And when that's over, it starts all over again. It keeps going. You'll never get done with it. I don't know. have a clue what we're going to do in heaven forever. I have no idea. But I know it's going to be good. Everything the Lord does is good. I can't imagine why he would even let me come in. Because I'm in the flesh. I'm still the old man on my half. I, I don't understand it. I know it's there. I know it's mine. I know he guaranteed it. I know it. I like that verse. He says he confirmed it with an oath. He's got an oath. He said, Mike, it's yours. God that cannot lie. <laughs> He's got an oath, man. He made an oath to me. Boy, I tell you what, if you ever make an oath to God, you better keep it. Because he's going to, he made one to you and he kept it. I'm sitting there going, man, there's a cloud of witnesses. There's men all through my Bible, but then there's men down through. I like Dr. Peter S. Ruckman. I love that man. He's gone on being the Lord, but boy, he's, he's just such a guy. I mean, I watched him for a while. Everybody always said all kinds of stuff, and most of the stuff they said was true. Uh, but you sit there and watch the guy. I watched him sit on the sidewalk with people, man. They say, oh, he's a racist. I've sit there and watched him talk to black guys night and day and win them to Christ. I've seen him go to their homes and teach them the Bible because that's what they ask him to do. Man, that people say, well, what is this? Oh, he's out there on a the street corner every Saturday. The Bible says, the Bible says. That old guy, I'm looking at him like, boy, if he believed that stuff. I ought to do that too. I remember one time he looked at me, guys. I kind of broke into a camp, which I shouldn't have, but I did. I was told not to. I'm rebellious. And he was sitting at a table, and he just looks over at me like, who are you? He knew I was a student, but he, says, he didn't know all of us anyways. And he looked at Charles Haddon Spurgeon makes me sick. That guy knew 6,000 people by name. 
They said he knew everybody in his congregation by name. I'm sitting there going, Lord, I don't even know my wife's name half the time. My kids, I have to list them all off. <laughs> if I know it's a girl, man, it's like two groups. And I, if it's Andrew, it's easy because there's only one there. But boy, if it's one of the girls, I got to go, Elizabeth, Sarah, Jesse, yes, sir, which one are you? And you know, I know which one it is, but it's like you get in your frame of thought, but then your mind just goes. But faith, it produces hope. I have hope out there, man, that my hope is built on Jesus Christ and what he said all through that Bible. And I sit there and looked at all these men, and, and, and initially that helped me along, but boy, down the road somewhere, mine started coming in. Then there's evidence. Evidence is a proof. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You have evidence of something not seen. It's built in your heart. The more you trust Jesus Christ and the more you follow him and the more you get, you know why you read that book? To increase your faith and to build that thing up in your heart so you get closer to him. So when you got to go hand somebody a gospel tract, you're not afraid to. When you got to tell somebody about Jesus Christ, they believe you. They need to believe you. They need to look at you and say, you're actually believable. Can you look somebody in the eye and say, you're out of your mind, you're on your way to hell, you're going to die and burn? Now, you don't need to do that to everybody, but every now and then, man, you have to get to that place where you got to get their attention. And then when you get their attention, you, you bring them back and you start talking to them. If you can talk to them up front, talk to them up front. But can you look somebody in the eye? You know what's wrong with these stupid cell phones? You never see their eyes. Unless I guess you do video chat or whatever, but, but you're sitting there just texting back and forth. Any, I, you don't hear the infractions in the voice. You don't hear nothing. You don't see the, the facial expressions. You see nothing. That is a coward's way out of talking to somebody. They say in Japan people are killing themselves because all they do is sit in a room and talk to each other across the room. They have no, they're, they're just suicides, rampant. Why? Because we forgot how to talk to somebody. You know, sometimes you got to talk to people. I told Brother uh, Paul back there that I'm just about done with his house. He goes, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and we just sit there talking about it. And he says something to me. I said, and neither one of us bother each other. You know why? Because we know each other. We, we can deal with each other long enough. Me and Mike do the same thing. You sit there and sit there and watch. Me and George do the same. George calls in. My computer's broke. You going to fix it? What do you think I am? Like your computer repair man? I said, I said I'll be back Thursday. Right, it's on your desk. <laughs> you got it done yet? <laughs> you know, it's just, brother, I'll tell you what. It's funny, man. Hope. I like Jesus Christ. I got something. My faith is, is then is the substance of a promise from the word of God. It's not from something I just made up arbitrarily. I'm tired of people telling me, well, I believe this. Why? I went to a Pentecostal church and they said this. Do you, can you pre produce scripture? Man, old Brother Levi, he called me the other day. Got two phone calls from him. I, I figured he's on the B list. So I called him back after the second one. Uh, a list, I call you right back or I'll pick up the phone right there. But if you're on the B list, I'll get you second or third. Uh, but anyways, he calls me. I'm finally calling him. He goes, man, I had this argument with this guy. I said, oh, no, man. He goes, oh, it was great. He goes, well, you just went through the book of Romans. And I used the book of Romans. And he said, this guy, you, you laid it out, man. He goes, I, he said, I nailed this guy all over the place. We was arguing in the store because he's working for somebody. And he's arguing, arguing, arguing. I said, Levi, you can't do that in the store. He goes, oh, the guy don't care. He lets me do it. He just comes up, shoo, 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 you can't do it. And he goes, I kept arguing. And he, and he was sitting there. He was witnessing the guy. He goes, you know, he might actually get saved. He's a preacher, uh, I think a Pentecostal preacher. He goes, but you got to have works of faith. You got to go. You know, they said, you don't know nothing about dispensation. And he's running him through all that stuff. And you say, what is that? That's a guy who just come in and started sucking it up after a little while and kept sucking it up, sucking it up. Now he's out there just exploding all over the place. It's, it's real to him. Until it gets real to you, it, it'll just be words. It'll be words. It's nothing real. Evidence of things we cannot see, but no, it's very real. Man, I just know you. I, sometimes I get, I get, I'm like, oh, Lord, are you really there? I said, are you sure you're really there? I don't feel like you're really there today, but I'm sitting here talking to him. And I'm like, you know, I must sound really stupid right about now, talking to you and acting like I'm, at, I'm just questioning whether you're there or not, and I know you're there. Does he have to talk to you every three seconds for you to be able to stand on this planet and do what he says do? Noticeable attributes of faith. Real quick, wisdom. Verse 3, it says, it says, it says through faith we understand. You can't understand any. You've got to get the faith for the understanding. People say, well, I want sound doctrine. I want preach. If you don't have the faith to do what God tells you to do, you can't understand what you're supposed to understand anyways. You'll get it wrong. 
What you got to do is have a relationship with him so you'll say, this is what I got to do. So in this world, when something happens, you won't do it. The pressure of God on your back, the Lord Jesus Christ on your back and the Holy Spirit sitting there saying, don't, 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 comes in there and you start making those decisions saying, I got to let these things go. I got to let them go. I got to let them go. Wisdom. Romans 119, because that which may be known of God is manifested in them, for God has showed it unto them. Everybody's seen it. For the invisible things of him. You know, everything we're talking about is invisible. It's invisible. You can't prove it if you wanted to prove it. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. I just taught that through Romans. I like, I like this. No argument, no argument in the Bible. There isn't an argument that exists uh, that you can prove that God exists throughout your Bible. So I tell people all the time, I say this one, a say person says God exists by faith. Can, and someone will say, can you prove God? Do you know a lost person has uses faith to prove, they'll say, can, and I'll look at them, can you disprove God? By faith, they say there's no God. By faith, I'm saying there is God. Both of us have faith, theirs is wrong. They say, how do you know? You're arrogant. No, I'm not arrogant, I'm just right. And I'm telling you, man, I've been doing this for a while. And I, I just, and I said, one day I'll die. And if I'm right, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> That's just the bottom line. The unbeliever doesn't have an intellectual problem. It has a moral problem. Because it's the sin, when you have to start dealing with that sin thing, the moment you start trying to deal with faith, sin comes in there. And sin is a hindrance to faith 24-7, man. It'll start you. You know, Satan has a lot of faith. John 8, he says, Ye are the Father, ye, he, Jesus Christ, this is our Lord's sight. He's talking right here. He goes, Ye are of your father the devil. He's talking to the Pharisees and scribes. He goes, Ye are the father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. Isn't that just nice and sweet, loving Jesus, baby Christmas Jesus? Born in a manger, Jesus. Looking up at the middle of the line, go back and look at Riley, man. It's like, <laughs> yeah. You talk to her mom and start messing with that baby. That's the way Beth was. I think, I think Elizabeth will take you out. <laughs> I think she really will. <laughs> he says, you are your father of the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh, he speaketh a lie. He speaketh of his, when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. You know, Satan believes, Satan has faith in God. He just ain't going to believe him. Satan still thinks he can do whatever he wants. He has all kinds of faith, but it's in the wrong place. Jesus, on the other hand, in 854 uh, says, Jesus answered, if, you honor, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. There has to be something behind what I'm saying that, that magnifies what I'm saying in your life to prove to you I am. It, it's going to be actions. It's going to be actions. He goes, uh, he goes, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. Well, you watch me bring blind people together their sight back. That's, that's pretty impressive. You see me bring people back from the dead. You see me heal people with issues of blood. Uh, you see me bring, uh, Peter, your mom was sick, and I, I healed her. You've seen all kinds of stuff. I fed 5,000 up on the side of a mountain. He said, and then I fed 4,000 again with just a few fishes and a couple of loaves of bread. I showed you some things. You know what all that stuff is? It's to build their faith up little by little by little by little by little by little by little. And pretty soon they get out there and Peter walks up and John walks up one day. He says, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give unto thee. Stand up, man, in the name of Jesus. And the guy gets up and starts walking away. Now, we're not going to do that. The Jews seek sign and we seek wisdom. I got that. But I'm telling you what, their faith wasn't there when Jesus, when Peter denied him three times, sitting over there saying, hey, I know him not, I know him not, I know him not. And shortly thereafter, man, he's, he's healing somebody, he's getting up and walking away. Jesus goes on and says, yet ye have not known, me, known him, the Father, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him and keep his sayings. You know what faith is? You know him. There is, there's a substance there that Jesus Christ has. He knows what he's saying. You know what he's telling us? You can know the same thing. Faith isn't one of these arbitrary things that's magic, and it just may happen. No, 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 no. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You're going to build that thing up pretty soon. It's going to be in there, and you're going to, you know what this world needs? It needs some men and women of faith. It needs some people that will go out and let this world see what they got and who really cares what they think. 
Why do we care what they think? They're lost on their way to hell and we're going to sit there and pacify them and let them die and go? No, you know what we need to do? We need to go out there and have compassion on them and tell them the truth. That's what Jesus Christ did. Worship. You can't worship without faith. True worship is faith. You know what he wants? He'd rather you worship him. He'd rather you believe him than praise him. Then you got all these praise groups, man. Have you ever seen some of these people, man? Beth told me when she was young, she'd went out to a couple of them, uh, these 100.7 or whatever, I guess, some of these places. And you'd see these guys in these Christian worship groups, and, and then they'd go out and smoke cigarettes out in the parking lot and everything else. I think it was you who told me that. Could have been some. Yeah. I mean, here's Christian quartets, and they're all out there. You, you couldn't tell the difference in the world. You say, what is that? What is that? That's, that's not praise and worship. That has nothing. Just because somebody goes, oh, yeah, Jesus, don't mean they love God. Anybody, I just did it. As a matter of fact, I didn't do it as good as they did probably. But, you know, you can hold your hands up and do that. I've run aisles before. You can't worship, worship. God would rather you worship him. And if you worship him, you know what you do? You believe him. The best way you could ever do anything is to believe. If you, you know, you love somebody, you believe them. If you disbelieve somebody and everything they ever do, you disbelieve, you don't care for that person. You disdain that person. You don't want to be around that person. But, boy, if you believe everything they say, I believe everything Jesus says. I read my Bible, I don't understand half of it. I don't understand three-quarters of it, probably 90% of it. But I tell you what, I believe it all. And I said, one of these days I'll get to heaven and he'll do a data dump. And I'll go, whoa, that's what that was. That's what that, and you'll probably spend eternity just freaking out over the book. All the stuff from Genesis to Revelation that you could possibly, I've, I've heard some of these old preachers talk about this thing. They said, man, if you had the original, <laughs> like the original, 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 and you shut it like this, it would probably read this way, and it would read this way, and it would read that way. And no matter how you read it, you could read it. No, you open it up, and it would read left to right, and right to left, and all these other, he said, you, it's hard telling what's in this thing. You say, well, why would he do that? Because God is God, and he's trying to give you some wealth. You want some spiritual wealth? In the Old Testament, well, actually in Matthew, Matthew 9, 27, there's a blind, couple blind guys. We always look at getting stuff. I need to get stuff. I need to get stuff. I need to get stuff. I need to get, you don't need nothing, man. You got Jesus Christ. What more would you need? I seen a t-shirt the other day. I thought it was a funny one. And uh, it was a, Chris, a t-shirt for uh, a sister to give another sister. And it said on there, being my sister is all you need for Christmas. <laughs> I said, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, you know what that is? Whoever wrote that, I mean, really, any, any girl that would wear that, I, I, I think Elizabeth would probably wear that. <laughs> or she'd give it to one of her sisters. Uh, but, you know, you think about that, it says, being my sister is all you need for me for Christmas. <laughs> I'm thinking, that's pretty good, man. I mean, that's somebody who definitely knows the value of them. <laughs> There's a value here. Huh? Don't you see it's a value add, man? It's, uh, you're telling everybody else how much a value add it is. But spiritual wealth, Matthew 9, 27, Jesus talking to a couple of blind men. It says, and when Jesus departed, two blind men followed him, crying, saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. Well, what more could you ask for? And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him and said, and Jesus said to them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? You know, I think a lot of times we hinder the Lord in our lives. He tries to get us to show, show us stuff. It's not going to be stuff like this. We're not going to heal people and give them, bring their eyes back and stuff. But in life, there's so much stuff we're going to do, and the Holy Spirit convicts us to do something and push us just a hair. And we just won't do it because of whatever in the world has hindered us. Something has hindered us. It's back there, and it's constantly pulling. you got to throw that stuff. I like Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting those things which are behind. I remember a lot of stuff back there from time to time, and I try to throw all the bad stuff out. I don't remember the good stuff. And I mean, that's because the bad stuff, there's nothing I can do about it. But the good stuff, man, I can remember it. And it's like that's part of my cloud of witness. Those things the Lord put in my life to teach me some things and, and to show me that, hey, I'm really here, Mike. The world won't see this stuff, but you can. He said, then he touched their eyes, according to your faith, be it unto you. If, if the Lord came and said, according to your faith, be it unto you, would you get what they got? Have you ever thought about that? What would the Lord, if the Lord looked at me and said, Mike, according to your faith, I'm going to do what you want. 
I'm sitting there going, man, everything I ever asked him for, I, I sit there and debated with him on it. Man, let me think about that. Let me talk about it. Hey, how about this? How about that? Uh, let's, let's, no, no, let's do it your way. How about just, let's do it your way. That's the way I've done. And when I walking around this church, I did the exact same thing here. I said, Lord, I can do this. <laughs> he was trying to talk me out of it. He said, are you sure? I said, yeah, man, I can do it. I, he goes, he goes, do you really know what you're getting yourself into? I said, yeah, man, I do. You let me build a house over here, and I've seen that. And you let me do this, and I've seen that. And my dad was a master plumber, and I've seen that. And not only that, we got Mike Stone. <laughs> I said, he's not too old yet. I'll just use and abuse him until he gets too old. And it worked. And then here we are today. You know what it is? The Lord sits there, and he wants to give you something. He wants you to do something. He's going to build you up to a place where you can do it. And then he's going to put it in your path. You know where faith comes in when he says, do it, you do it. Whether it's to hand a gospel track out to somebody, shed a tear for somebody, pray for somebody, whatever it is, God will give that thing to you and he expects you to do it. These guys right here, they just wanted their sight back. You know why he's got all the stories in the Bible so you can see them? And I know they're extreme, but brethren, I'm telling you, there's no difference in that than what he'll do with us. Faith was the medium of exchange. It's, it's what God works with. It's, it's, he don't want your money. He wants you. You give it to him, you got, that's page two, man. We only got seven more pages to go. So for faith, it's necessary. God does not want you to believe. God does not what? Want. God does not, God does for you what you believe he can do. I don't know why I can't even read what I wrote, but it's right there. I did that at a funeral the other day. It was pretty bad. <laughs> I may be getting Alzheimer's. But they say you can't have Alzheimer's if you think you got Alzheimer's. So faith is necessary for spiritual worship. It's, it's, it's necessary for spiritual wisdom. It's necessary for spiritual wealth. Spiritual wealth is what God gives you that builds you up over a period of time. You know what's going to keep you going through this life? is him. If you listen to the news media and you even believe in the government, on either side. I heard a guy yesterday was talking about one of the uh, Republican congressmen. He heard a, a, a thing on it. He said, he's a good congressman too. And somebody asked him, he said, why should we vote for Republicans? You haven't done nothing forever. I mean, why should you vote for, why should you vote at all? And you sit there and say, oh, well, I'm going to vote because I'm American. Why? Does your vote even count? And if it does count, who's it count for? You know, everybody dead, they vote. <laughs> it's crazy stuff. Dimensions. You know, your faith is unlimited. We limit it. He says in the Bible several places that we limit God. We limit him. Required to see the invisible world. Now what I want to talk about is the invisible world for just a few minutes. There's an invisible world out there. And brethren, we miss it, man. We just miss the whole thing. Just a couple seconds. Hebrews 11, 24. Faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Through faith we have the understanding. Verse 3 over there says, through faith we have the understanding that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And the things which are clearly seen were made we're not made with things that which do appear. Invisible. There's invisible stuff. Colossians 1.16 says, For by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, principalities, powers. All things were created by him and for him. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says this, While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which, can, which are not seen, for the things which are, are seen are temporal. Everything we see is a temporary thing. It's going away. God says, don't look at that stuff, man. He goes, this is what you want to look at. You want to increase your faith? But the things which are seen or are not seen are eternal. So there's some things that are invisible that you cannot see that will change your life. So then he says, wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. Over in, in uh, Hebrews, I'll get to myself, Hebrews chapter 12. Or 11, excuse me. <clears throat> 11. 24. A couple things and I'll be done. Oh, 24. 11, 24. Moses. It's talking about Moses here. And Moses is a great example of anything you'd ever want to read. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child and that they were... Uh, uh, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, temporal things. 
esteeming the reproach of Christ. I mean, how in the world did Paul know what Moses was thinking? Esteeming the reproaches of Christ uh, greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, in Egypt. For he had respect under the recompense of the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. You know what Moses did? He said, Ben, there's something. He said, I'm looking for a kingdom that's not of this world. I'm looking for something totally different than what's down here. Moses saw something that wasn't there. He saw an invisible place. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 says, for our light afflictions, Paul says this, which is but for a moment. You know what, Paul? Paul was out killing Christians, and then all of a sudden he saw something that he saw something invisible. Nobody else saw it. It says right there, he saw it, nobody else saw it. And he was talking to Jesus Christ, and the Lord said, Hey, Paul, it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Paul says, For our light afflictions. You had troubles and trials in your life lately? Paul says they're light afflictions. Light, not just afflictions, but light afflictions, which are but for a moment. But they worketh for us a far and more exceeding eternal weight and glory. That's an invisible thing. You say what? Paul's over saying, are they ministers of Christ? I like 2 Corinthians. You talk about a passage you want to read if you ever get in trouble. Uh, you think your world's bad. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three is where you're going to go. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant. In stripes above measure. Beat all over the place. In prisons more frequent. You want to be a good Christian? I'm a good godly Christian. Here's your, here's your resume. In deaths off. <laughs> of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one. That's 200 stripes minus five. Five times. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Did you ever tell somebody about Jesus and they just beat you all over the place? Praise God. Hallelujah. Stephen, when he got stoned, at least he died and went to heaven. Paul got stoned. He has to get back up and go through it again. Once was I stoned. Thrice was I suffered shipwreck a night and a day in the bend of the deep. Uh, in journeyings off, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in, uh, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils, you ever been around brethren that just hate you, they want to kill you? <laughs> in perils of my own country, countrymen, in perils of heathen, in perils of the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils of the sea. Paul is going down this list, and I mean, he's just saying, these are light afflictions. Why? He's comparing them to Jesus Christ. He's looking at this thing, he said, this thing is a light affliction, but I'll tell you what, when you go through it, sometimes it don't seem light. But you back away from that thing sometimes, you start thinking about your cloud of witness that is in your life. Paul sits there and said, man, yeah, but I got knocked down on the road to Damascus one day. <laughs> man, he was there. He was there. I didn't even know who he was. I had no idea who he was. And all of a sudden, he starts talking. He says, hey, Paul. And I'm like, Lord, who are you? He said, I'm Jesus, who you crucified, you moron. <laughs> the King James lets it a little better in there. They write it cleaner, but I mean... He's sitting there looking at it and says, it's hard to kick against the pricks, is it there, Paul? Because, Lord, why would you love me so much that you'd come to me? I'd kill Christians. He goes, yeah, but boy, I'm going to show you some stuff you're going to have to go through for me. Because once, you know, somebody says that works without faith is dead, and that's crazy. Uh, you should never work because you have to for Jesus Christ. If you don't work because you love him, there's a problem right there. I don't do what I do because I have to. I do what I do because I love him. And I've tried to talk him out of using me. I really have. I have. You ask my wife, man. I do all the time. She says, shut up. Go, go pout in the corner somewhere over there. And, and she wants to help me plant a whole bunch of uh, uh, little, uh, what do they call those trees that uh, Elijah was under? <laughs> juniper trees. She's going to help me plant all my juniper trees in the backyard so I can just go out there and shut up and leave her alone. But you know, Paul, when you start seeing that, Paul was sitting there and all the stuff he went through, man, every time he got through, he probably thought about, man, I remember that night in the prison down there, me and Silas was there and the jailer was sitting there and, they, and all of a sudden the whole place just got on fire and rocked all over the place and everything was falling apart. Jailer come out, thought he was going to die. And, and I sit there and me and Silas are singing some hymns and praising God. And the next thing I know, the guy gets saved and everybody else is getting his house gets saved and they all get baptized and they move right on down the road with Jesus Christ. And Paul says, that's part of my cloud. The Lord says, yeah, Paul, I told you some things you're going to have to go through in life uh, because of what you've done, and, and, you're, and I need you as a witness. He goes, but Paul, never forget those clouds of witness in your life because you're going to need them to get back up one day. Things are just not going to hurt, work right. How did Paul survive all this? A great cloud of witness. Man, I mean, Paul had a black, met a pill, uh, uh, Priscilla and Aquila. And all the people, Timothy and Silas and Philemon and Onesimus, man, 
And Neesmas come up and poke at Kepi. He said, oh, Neesmas, man, you got to go back. You got to go back, and you got to give yourself up to Philemon. <laughs> and Philemon might beat you a little bit, but it'll be okay, man. It'll be okay. Just tell him, just tell him I sent you back. And you just tell him, you owe me. You ever use the oh, you owe me card? <laughs> it's a good card to use, man. I mean, it's, you do stuff for people, and then don't ever forget it. <laughs> that, way, that way you can pull it back on them later and say, you owe me, man. You owe me. Paul did it. Paul didn't got away with it, man. Onesimus went back, Philemon took him back and, and probably sent him back to Paul later on down the road. Paul said his afflictions were but for a, light afflictions, but for a moment. I'd like to tell you this right now, and then I'll be done here just say, get off of what you can't see and put your eyes on. Get off what you can see. This world is crazy. And if you sit, put your eyes on what's going on in this world, you will go crazy. Get up in the morning, do what you're supposed to do. Do what the Lord sticks in front of you. Do it with all your heart. Go home at night and lay your head on the bed and go to sleep. Wake up the next morning, guess what? Do the same thing tomorrow. Don't worry about what goes on in Washington. People say, do you know what they're doing? I don't care what goes on in Washington, D.C. or Washington State or California. I don't live there. They say they're flooding. One day they're flooding, one day they're burning up. Somebody said, I don't even know how to answer somebody about California, really. They got fires to run across. I'm like, burn, baby, burn. Well, my family lives out there. Well, tell them to move. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you about California. Man, it's a wicked place. Utah has got the city of sin. Have you ever had a Christian tell you they're going to go to Las Vegas? I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, man, we're going to go out to Las Vegas. I wouldn't go. I don't even want to go there and preach. <laughs> I don't think there's any hope for him. You say, oh, well, that's, no, brother, you know what? I've, I've got the conclusion that the Lord got me in Dayton for a reason. And really, if I just live in Dayton and do what I'm supposed to do in Dayton, uh, uh, 4641 Oakdale Avenue, like right here, then I'm done. And if he wants me to go do something else, he'll have to show me and give me the grace to do it. Get your eyes off what you can see and put them on what you can't. There's invisible stuff out there, brother, that he's got for us. That it, your, your mind shouldn't be, we're pilgrims passing through. We're just passing through this thing. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, he used to pray all the time. He said, Lord, give me faith. Charles Haddon Spurgeon preaches 6,000. He had 1,000 underneath his church all the time praying. Every time he was preaching upstairs to 6,000, there was 1,000 men downstairs praying for him that service he had going upstairs. That's 7,000 men and women, fam, people in that church. He said, I used to pray for faith all the time. I used to pray for faith all the time. Oh, God, give me faith. Oh, God, give me. You know what he did? Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And he said one day, he goes, wait a second. The only way you're going to get faith is not praying for it, is reading about it. And you read it and you read it. faith. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Number one, you got to saturate yourself in the word of God. Hebrews 12, 1. Go back to Hebrews 12, 1. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. Let us lay aside every weight. You got to compass. You got to saturate yourself in this book. You just read it and 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 read it. Now, hey, you got to eat. I got that. You got to take a shower. Got that one too. You're probably going to have to work somewhere 8, 10, 12 hours a day. I got that one too. Somewhere in your life, you got to make time to get some of this in your head. This thing will change your life, man. You know, if, if Charles Haddon Spurgeon said, the only way you're going to get faith, and if you want, now the question is, do you want faith? If you don't want faith, you just want to live like the devil in this world and do whatever the world does, go for it, man. I don't personally like that. I don't think I belong here anymore. I keep telling everybody I need to resign the church. I don't identify with anybody. I don't identify with my kids hardly anymore or my wife. I hardly identify with anybody. Why? Because the more I read that book, I'm like, Lord, I don't identify with me. I'm like, Mike, you're messed up worse than all of them. You sit there and read this thing, and I'm like, oh, man, I don't do that. Daniel prayed three times a day toward Jerusalem. Now I don't have to pray to Jerusalem, but man, I should be praying once or twice or three times a day. How can I be? And the Lord says, maybe I didn't ask you to do that. I did Daniel. There was a reason for it. I'm like, why? He goes, because I was going to have him write the book of Daniel. <laughs> You're not going to get a book, so there's some things you just won't have to do. I said, okay. Okay, that makes me feel better. Have you ever said, I sit here sometimes and say, Lord, maybe I am doing exactly what I'm doing. I'm supposed to be doing I just, wish, I just wish you would come down and, and give me an eval every now and then. Say, yep, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. Something. 
But he doesn't. You know what he does? He leaves you out there on your own and a book. And you read the book and you say, man, Lord, that's, I need to do some more of that. you got to saturate yourself in the Word of God. It's that cloud of witness. You know how you get that cloud of witness? You read about Moses. You read about Daniel. You read about Jonathan and his armor bearer going up the side of the mountain. You read about Saul messing up. Man, you read about those who mess up. The bad kings, the good kings. Every time I read this, bad kings, good kings. But you get every now and then this little Joash comes up out of there, and he, he's a good king, man, and he does the right thing. You used to read about Adam and Eve, man, and Adam looks at his wife and says, oh, man, she's done toast. She's going to be dead here in a minute. The Lord's going to kill her when he comes into the garden. But uh, Beth got this little uh, video from Cassandra. It's uh, Bella, when she was held two. two she has Beth's uh, deodorant. And she, oh no, Elizabeth's deodorant. She has Elizabeth's deodorant. And she goes, little less is going to kill me. Little less is going to kill me. Because <laughs> she's got her deodorant. I don't know what she's doing with it. What she's doing. She knows she's doing something wrong with it. But it's just funny as anything when you sit there and look at that. They, uh, Adam looked at Eve and knew that she was in sin. And he picked that fruit up and said, Adam was in a transgression. He knew exactly what he was doing. And he said, I'm not going to let her die for me. I'm not going to let her die alone. And he ate that fruit. And he said, we'll just take it, take it up with the Lord when he gets here. And they hid. <laughs> and the Lord found him. And, and here we are today, 6,000 years later. You say, what is that? That's, that's somebody who, even though they were afraid, they got a hold of God. And God worked the miracle out in their life and got them out of there, put them out of the Garden of Eden. And it starts right there. Every single one of them. Enoch walked with God. And God, didn't you ever want to just walk with God and let him take you? We all brag about the rapture. Do you really want the rapture? I sometimes think, Lord, man, if you do that, there's going to be a lot of people hurt after that. There's going to be a lot of people here. that I'm like, I, I'm, not, I'm not always pushing for the rapture anymore. I want it to happen. It's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. I'm going to get out of here. But, man, the wrath of God. You ever, how can you talk, I talked about the wrath of God the other night in, in Romans class. How do you talk about the wrath of God nice? We're talking about the wrath of God on a lost world. I said, and it's like the Lord saying, Mike, is that what you want? I'm like, no, sir, it's not. So I'll just stay here until you're ready to take me out and let you make that decision. Leave me alone. Separate from sin, Hebrews 12.1. Wherefore, seeing we are also uh, compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. That stuff is all in your life. How do you build your faith up? It says lay aside every weight. You got to let that stuff out of here, man. Get rid of it. You say, I don't know. You read the book. You can do one thing and, and might get away with it. I can't. I may do something. You can't do it. But we should watch what we do to each other. But you got to get rid of the sin. Let it go. Hebrews 3.12 says evil. Oh, man, go to 3.12 real quick. I'll, I'll be shut up. I'll shut up. I'll shut up. Maybe. Really, I only got like that much. Hebrews 3.12. This is just a great. Uh, oh, the, I like Hebrews. I know it's a, a, a tribulation book. I got that. But boy, there's all scriptures given by inspiration of God. There's just stuff. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in you, any of you, an evil heart of unbelief in, in departing from the living God. Man, you know, sometimes you get that heart of unbelief. I just believe. I want to I wanna be like the guy that was sitting, like Brother Joe was talking about, that guy that was sitting in class down there, and, and Dr. Roman's Bible got all ate up by the dog. First of all, go shoot the dog. You eat my Bible, you're going to go meet God. <laughs> Boom, you're done. <laughs> but then here's a, you know, somebody out there in the crowd just with an innocent heart, man, stands up and says, hey, did you thank God for that dog eating your Bible? What a concept, man. Have you th That's what I said the other day when I fixed my sewer or my, my uh, thing out there. Me and Beth was out there. We pulled it up 100 foot up. And I, I got it all out, man. I got it all out. And I was laying on the ground and it's all done. And, you know, some people would be bitter here, bitter there. And uh, you had to go get the pump and everything. It's about 10 o'clock at night. It's nighttime. Uh, and I mean, it started getting calls from people here at church. What a blessing, man. At 10 o'clock, y'all were calling to see if I was okay. You didn't come over at 9 or 8 or 7. Uh, I figured y'all were going to start coming by to use the bathroom now that I got the water up. That's what I figured. But, uh, you know, I'm sitting there. We get it back down in there, and it works. And, and I mean, instead of bellyache, and I looked at the ground, there was no snow. And so the Lord said, last time you did this, there was snow on the ground. This time it's just cold. Next time I, I might actually let it break in the summertime for you. I said, Lord, thank you. I just started smiling. Next morning, I woke up, my sewers broke. I said, Lord, thank you. And then, then as, one thing after I just, you know, I said, Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Thank you for everything you've done. Because I'm still saved on my way to heaven. I'm walking in a cloud. I just want to walk in a cloud. I just want to stand. Hebrews 2, here's the key. If you're not, Hebrews, not 2, Hebrews 12, 2. Setting your sights, it says right there, it says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. I hear them little girls up here singing. You know, I say little girls, they're young ladies, man. They're up here singing about faith. They're up here singing about the Lord. They're up here, you know what that is? That adds to my faith. Because I remember a day when I was by myself, and I'm not by myself no more. I'm sitting there watching them sing, and they're actually having a fine time, and they're crying, and they're having a walk with Jesus Christ. Brother gets saved uh, Tuesday night, comes to church on Wednesday night, tells everybody he got saved. Uh, we're going to have a young lady get baptized here. Last week we had another one come up and said, hey, I'd like to get baptized. I had another one come up a week before that and said, I'd like to get baptized. I wish you guys would all get together like at the same time, <laughs> and we do it like at the same time. Maybe we should. But I tell you what, I would rather we do it on your schedule than mine because it's important to you. Not, it doesn't have to, who cares about me, man? We'll let one of y'all baptize me. I don't really care. Compass about with so great a cloud of witness, let's lay aside every weight of, and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. You have a race. It's yours. It's not mine. You need to figure out what God wants you to do. The only way you're going to do this is right here. Don't make it up. Faith is a, faith is a substance of things hoped for. It's a substance. It's something that's real. You can have that thing. You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt what God wants you to do on this planet. Number two, you can do it once you know it. Or you can just go out there and kind of make it up as you go along and see how it works. It doesn't work too well that way. Two, verse two says, looking unto Jesus. There's the key. Brother, you got to keep your eyes right on him. Them songs we sang this morning, uh, nothing but the blood. You're going to keep your eyes right on him, just right on him. Uh, it was like a set of blinders, man. Them old horses they used to have a long time ago. They never went to the right or the left. They just had the blinders on. So all they seen was what was in front of them. And they just kept going. You know, you're going to have to put a set of blinders on. This world has so much stuff out there. You watch TV at all, uh, that thing will get you wrapped up in everything in this planet. You've got to have, have the new flip phones. I don't know how to use this one yet. And they already got, this is a Samsung S8, and probably they got Samsung S20s. And they flip all over the place and everybody, but you got to have one. Uh, and they're only, they're only $900,000, but you got to have one. Somebody's got to have one. Otherwise, they, they're going to be out of business. I'm like, Lord, you know one thing I know is you don't need a Samsung to talk to me. All I need is a Bible. And I can sit here and read this thing. And it says, wherefore, Mike, seeing you, I'm, this is the Mike, Mike, Mike KJV, wherefore, seeing you are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. He goes, you know how great that cloud is? He said, that was just for you. He said, I, I didn't do that for anybody else. I just did that one for you. And he goes, in their lives, I do it for them in their lives. But for you, I did this. He said, I did this. I'm like, like yeah, Lord, I remember that. And he goes, yeah, and I did this. I said, I remember that one too. He goes, that's to keep you going and strengthen you and, and stabilize you and help you get through this thing. And one of these days, I will take you out of there. But until then... He said, you stand, and you stand for what I tell you to stand for, and don't worry about anybody else, you just stand. And he goes, there's a great cloud of witness. You know what you are? You become, Charles Hansburg is a great cloud of witness for me. He's part of my witness. I like George Mueller. George Mueller's cool too, man. Hudson Taylor. I sit there, Hudson Taylor's out there begging for money or trying to get money, and he's praying about money, and he's praying for 30 days, and he gets his check in the mail, and it's for 1000 bucks. And that's exactly what he's praying for. And it came from a man named George Mueller. And it took George Mueller to mail that check three months to get it to him. That check was in the mail two months before Hudson Taylor even knew. These are great missionaries. That check was in the mail two months before George or Hudson Taylor even knew he needed $1,000. Lord says, Hudson Taylor's gone. George Mueller's gone. But I'm like, man, oh, man. I said, I still remember that. That's a cloud of witness. Mike, I can do it for them. Mueller would be sitting there praying with his people in the orphanage. No food, no nothing. They're, they're sitting at a table, no food, plates, forks and knives, no food, no drinks, no nothing. Said it happened time and time again. George, down here at the thing, they had all these taters. You once he said, man, there's nothing like a tater. Taters. Taters. And then, we got all this extra milk. You want all this extra milk? You know what he's doing? He's thanking God for nothing. Just thanking God that you could thank God. 
I'm sitting there looking at the Lord, you know, if that happened to him, that could, that's not back in, in your day in the Jews' days, the Jews' seeks. I, Mueller wasn't a Jew, and Hudson Taylor wasn't a Jew. I said, that stuff will really happen to us, too. That can happen to me. All you got to do is keep your right attitude. You know what he says right here? He says, wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. You got to get in your book. This thing right here, you just got to get in it, stay in it. Get in that cloud. Let that foggy cloud get all around you where nobody else can get in that thing. Just keep that thing around you and just sit there and think about what the Lord's done for you. And when you stick your head out that cloud and you get into the world where it's sunshine, do something for Jesus. Father, thank you for your many blessings this morning.